Hi, Chores! Welcome to Digest with Choo Choo's, a podcast exploring the influence of food on our soil, body, and soul. From regenerative farming to table rituals, let us embark on an Epicurean journey and meet captivating guests who invite meaning and purpose from field to fork. My name is Lea Sednawi, gourmand at heart, and your host. I believe that chewing or living well is choosing. Let's find out how, together. Get comfortable and happy listening. Hi, Karen. Welcome to Digest with Choo Choo's. I'm thrilled to have you. Hello, Leah. I'm so happy you invited me. <laughs> so I'm thrilled to have you on the podcast today. We actually met a couple of years ago through Instagram. We've both been following the blood type diet for quite a while. You are an integrative nutritionist, and I look forward to hearing more about that in a moment. I would like to take this opportunity today to introduce you to our audience, what you do in depth, and allow us to dive into your world. Can you tell us where you are from and where you're based now? Yes. So I was born in America. I am American. And I've lived in France almost all of my life, really, uh, except for five years. And now I'm based in France. Did you grow up in a family inclined to medicine, nutrition, or holistic health? Yes, actually, I did. My parents were both very interested in alternative ways to get back into health rather than medicine. That wasn't usually their first resort. And also further back, my great-grandmother was a very health-conscious lady. And this was back in the end of the 19th century. Wow. <laughs> and yeah, I know this because my mother told me, my grandmother told me, she went to the Kneipp. I don't know if you've heard of Sebastian Kneipp. He was a priest who actually helped himself with cold water baths. And so he opened these spas all over Germany and in different places. And my grandmother went there. My great-grandmother went there. And my grandmother would tell me that she would wash her daughter, my grandmother, in ice-cold water. That was part of the principles of these cures. And, and she would do other things also. She would walk in the morning her, on her lawn with her bare feet. And she would also have special pots and pans and cooking utensils. So she was a health nut, I would say, in her time. <laughs> So yes, I do have a sort of a background there. Before asking you how you got into integrative nutrition, I just want to ask you, can you explain to us what is integrative nutrition? Integrative nutrition is when you integrate, when you add or when you incorporate more than just food on your plate, making sure the person has a good digestive system, uh, Look into the adrenal glands, how they're functioning, if the detoxification pathways are working well and the organs are working well. That is, is all part of what they call integrative news. So it's a holistic approach. Really. It's a holistic approach of the whole, whole person and the whole body and how the whole body functions. Not only what you put on your plate, it's mm -hmm. more than that. It has to do also with plants and nutrients, because those are things that help these organs and uh, the adrenal glands and the digestive system as well, all these natural elements. How did your journey start into integrative nutrition? Oh, yes. So that started, I was always interested in feeding my family. That's one thing. And then my third child, my son had developed 
asthma and eczema when he was little. We went to England, which was a very good move because that's where I found out about a doctor who was a nutritionist. And it was the beginning of functional medicine in those days. And he was a functional medicine practitioner and he really helped. I had tried many things with my son while we were still living in France. And that is really what changed his life. It was the nutritional aspect that nobody had looked into. And he looked into his food intolerances and supplements. So we changed his diet, his food. He took supplements as well to bring up his nutrient levels. And his health just completely changed with that. And that is what, yeah. And he helped me as well, the same doctor. He helped me with my health. And several years later, after my children became older and big enough, did not need me all the time, <laughs> I, I decided I wanted to become a nutritionist. So I went, I studied, and then I practiced. So your son was the trigger. Did you ever experience anything yourself that also made you tune in more into the practice? Yes, he helped me with the two ongoing problems I had at the time, and that was Digestive issues, really sometimes debilitating, and acne, acne that I had since adolescence until 35 years of age. And he helped me with that really greatly. And then and then we left England. And that's when I looked into nutrition more, more thoroughly. He was really like a mentor, actually, by healing my son and myself. It was my first mentor, I would say. What were the first changes that you made to your diet and what were the results you noticed? The very first changes were for me were wheat and cow dairy, cow milk. Surprise! Yeah, (laughs) especially with my blood type. We'll talk about that later. And also the supplements were important too because we build up deficiencies and those really help a lot. And my mood got better. Oh, and he also helped me with premenstrual syndrome as well. That was a big one. Let's dive into your practice a little more. You closely follow and promote the blood type diet, which brought us together in a way that was researched and developed, is still developed by Dr. Diademo in Connecticut. He's developed the blood type diet, but also the genotype diet. And we know he has the Swami software program that is an extension of the genotype diet. You practice it with your clients. You focus on the good functioning of the adrenal glands. That's also essential to you. You had mentioned it in one of our conversations because they contribute to regulating our metabolism to protect our immune system and much more. So to familiarize our audience about it, can you explain a bit more about the blood type diet? What interests you in it? and share your approach to healing and stimulate the body. Yes, the blood type diet is based on our blood type, of course. And the blood type is something that determines so many things in our body. And this is something we're not aware of because we think of the blood type as only being important for blood transfusions. And actually, according to our blood type, we have different ways of digesting. We have more or less hydrochloric acid in our stomach. We have different flora in our intestines, different enzymes as well. Some of the enzymes are more important than others. And all this affects our digestive system. And some people can digest certain foods well, and other blood types can digest other foods better. And the blood type also has a lot to say with regard to our immune system and our reaction to certain bacteria. 
And also our stress reaction is different according to the blood types. We The different blood types react differently to stress and have one blood type, which is blood type A, for example, has a tendency to have high levels of cortisol circulating almost permanently, unless the adrenals are completely exhausted. In that case, the cortisol goes down. But those some aspects of blood type that determine actually how we function. And that in itself is a revolution because it makes life so much easier because it helps people out with their own lifestyle, how they're going to live their life to be in better health. How do you include working with blood types in your practice in this holistic approach? Many people who come to me actually know already about the blood type diet because that's something I have on my website and people know about that and I've written a book as well. So I recommend that they start with a blood type diet and if we're working on a personal basis then as part of my work with them is to put them on the genotype diet immediately. Can you tell us about the genotype? Yes, so the genotype diet takes the blood type diet further because it, it includes other aspects of of a person's, how they function, some aspects of heredity, some aspects of their own health history, also the rhesus and the secretive status. It's a gene that we have that is closely linked with the blood type gene. They both work together, so you can be a secretor or a non-secretor. What's your blood type and genotype? <laughs> well, I'm blood type O. Yeah. I'm a non-secretor and I am gatherer. In terms oh of wow! The, of the genotype, yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, right. so, type yeah. A. I'm a type A secretor, and I'm a warrior. I love in the book how they define the warrior as a warrior. I'm like, yeah, that's <laughs> me. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, so great. When on a path to personalized nutrition, how can someone establish? his or her nutrition and their lifestyle needs. If it's so individualized, can you walk us through the changes people have to make, things that you suggest for them to do? The biggest lifestyle change for some of them, most people, is their diet, is what they eat. And Mm. to get close as possible to what their body really thrives on. Those are the first steps I use, is the blood type, And then as soon as we get the information we need for the Swami, they get their Mm. personal manual. Mm. And then in terms of lifestyle, well, the type of exercise you could do goes with that as as well. Some form of exercise is better for you and some is better for me. There's also the stress aspect that I talked about uh, too. People come to me because they're tired usually. It's just a general fatigue. And it's the 21st century syndrome is being tired. And so what I do with them is it's a saliva test. We look more precisely into what's going on with their adrenal glands. And then I can help them with that, bring up their energy levels and their stress response improves as well, even whatever blood type they are, because there's when you have strong adrenals, you are stronger in the face of whatever stress can come your way. From my experience promoting recipes on the blood type diet, I found I don't know to which extent people have actually applied them when I was doing it very intensely, but from the feedback I had, most of the blood types A and O's responded very well to the blood type diet. And for some reason, 
Although I could very well see that types B and AB developed a lot of the skin conditions and had stress issues that are very much that belong to their types, Mm -hmm. they never responded as well to their new nutrition or food lifestyle. And I wanted to know if in your experience, you've had discrepancies between the types or does everybody respond better in a way to their actual diet? I haven't really seen a difference, but blood type B and blood type AB are less frequent also. I have a lot of A's and a lot of O's. I feel well, for blood type O, it's I would, blood type O is very different from the way people eat not normally, I would say, because all the foods that are sort of everywhere, the bread and the pizzas and the, mm-hmm. the bready thing, the milk products, and that's something that the blood type O needs to avoid. So avoid. when they avoid it, they feel so much better instantly. Mm-hmm. And for blood type A, it can also be the the milk it's products the and the meat and the mm-hmm. meat, yeah. Very yeah, much the meat, so. Less meat yeah. and transfer their meat into something else, like fish. Yeah. And so as a follow-up question, do you feel that the blood type diet itself on its own, if someone picked up the book, I have the answer to that because I've done it, but I want to know what you think as a nutritionist, as an integrative nutritionist practicing it, do you find that the blood type diet alone, if you pick up the book and follow the guidelines, is sustainable enough, is it is good enough, or would someone need to push through and do the genotype as well? To really get better results and more personalized because we're talking about individualized nutrition. Yes. Some people, for some people, just following the blood type, normal secretor blood type is uh, sufficient for them, Mm. perhaps because their health is already pretty good and they don't need more. I find that when you push further and find out a person's secretor status and then their Swami genotype, I have people who have told me that the Swami genotype has made all the difference for them. They made progress with the blood type diet already, but with this additional information and uh, deeper personalization, they get deeper results. And so when your, let's say, new patients hop on the individualized program, nutrition program, is it sustainable for them at first? How do people adapt? There's a tendency, as a little intro to the audience that doesn't know, but Often you grab the blood type diet, you access foods in three categories, basically, that are beneficial, neutral, and avoid. And basically the beneficial food lists that are different for all the blood types, but the beneficial foods act like medicine. They're going to really boost your immunity, your system as a whole. The neutral is mostly nutrition to eat moderately. And to avoid this to avoid because it creates toxins in the body and it slows you down. A lot of people have a tendency to approach the blood type diet. They come across it and they say, oh, what can't I eat? Oh, I have milk all the time. If I can't have milk now without my milky morning coffee, I'm off. So I'm not going to do it. So how do people who approach you come to you? Although they know about it, but they have these changes to make to adopt this individualized nutrition. How do they sustain it? What's the mindset? If you had to give tips, tell us how they experience it and if you have tips for them. What I have noticed is that once you put it into practice, Mm. one could say just try it for three weeks and see what results you have. Because the results you're going to have is going to motivate them to continue 
They just need to stick out those three weeks because that is almost inevitable when they really put it into practice. Of course. And, so uh, three weeks is a good baseline. Three weeks is a good baseline. Yeah, mm. I've seen that. I've seen that because I've seen that in several ways. Uh, first of all, because the, the lapse of time between two consultations with me is three to four weeks. And so I've seen the difference in people and they have seen the difference, of course, themselves. And if they fall back, as they say they go on vacation and they fall back, they don't follow the recommendations as well, or they're invited, or they go away for a weekend. And they come back to me and tell me what happened. And they usually say, yes, I know exactly why I don't feel well, because I did this and that. And so they're happy to go back to the diet that made them feel the diet. It's not really a diet. It's a lifestyle, I like to say their way of eating that made them feel well. So I think that's the biggest motivator is just experiencing it and just doing it in the yeah. beginning. It does help to have a bit of coaching through it though for people because it's also, it's not only choosing the right foods, it's also eating the right amount of proteins versus carbs during yes, the meal. Absolutely. And what you eat for breakfast and what you eat for lunch and what you eat for dinner. There's more around it than just a list of foods. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny. People always assume that, oh, I'm a blood type. Oh, I need to thrive on red meat. And then people come back at me and they say, oh, eating red meat is so bad for you, like too much of it. And I'm like, yes, but in the protein category, you've got poultry and fish and seafood and you have all these options. Don't just look at one ingredient, one item. Yeah. And people forget because we're just, we have these blinkers on and we're made to look at food in a certain way with the trends, with what we think is good for us. And yeah, we end up cutting off so many options. Yes. And also for meat, it's a question of the quality of the meat. Absolutely. What kind of meat is it? Because a lot of the studies that have been done or what a lot of the sayings around meat is what kind of meat is it actually? Are they talking about that's not good for you? Because grass-fed yes. meat from cows that have grazed uh, all their lives and only grazed and not yes. just been fed grains that is good healthy meat full of omega-3s that people don't know yeah. either and good vitamin a the fat should be yellow and not white and not absolutely <laughs> bleached white there's more to it than just meat. it's funny because i work with this butcher who works with regenerative farms and every time i buy a, say a brisket or whichever cut of meat and he takes the cut in his hands and he points at the fat and he's like, you see the fat is yellow if the fat is yellow really good for you it means the cow was very happy and she grazed on <laughs> she was pasture fed all her life and and yeah, yeah but it's true <laughs> it's true so we eat our health and what do you think of the statement that food is medicine and is food enough i love that statement And I would add food is medicine only if you eat the right food. Because if you don't eat the right food, it can also be poison. It can also be toxic to your body. Mm -hmm. So that, in that sense, food is medicine. And I think the blood type diet and Dr. Diadamo's work complements that beautifully mm. by really making food your medicine. What are your views on supplements? And I ask this because if we can have a very active lifestyle in terms of exercise, working out, mental health, and also eating well. And when do we need supplements and why? Yeah, I would say in this day and age, mm. uh, supplements are a necessity, I would say, because of many factors, because of pollution already. 
the pollution, the really? toxicity of the world, our bodies actually use up a lot of nutrients to get detoxified, to leave the body. That uses up a lot of nutrients. Mm. Stress uses up a lot of nutrients, can multiply our needs for nutrients, stress. The food that we eat, unless it's really organic all the time and even biodynamic, I would almost say, mm. is just not that nutrient rich anymore because yeah. of the soil that is not yeah. that rich anymore. Yeah. So there's a whole chain reaction that I feel that supplements are a real help for our health. And some people just have a bigger need of certain vitamins, minerals, nutrients than other people. I know, for example, I need a lot of magnesium. That's one thing I just know. And people who work out, do a lot of exercise, they definitely need supplements and more to counter the free radicals that their body produces. So I would say today, yes, Definitely take supplements wisely and according to your needs, in addition to the best food possible if you want to be in remaining good health. Okay, good to know. It's very mitigated. So I'm always curious about supplements. And do you think that supplements should be taken long term in a consistent way? Or is it okay to use them sporadically whenever you need them and then stop? What's the protocol? For me personally, what I do for myself is I take the supplements I need at a certain period of t time according to what I want to work on and my health. Mm -hmm. And and if I'm, for example, if I, in the summer, I I take very few supplements. Mm -hmm. I don't take very many. I just take a minimum amount. In the winter, I take more because winter is more taxing on the system. So that's the way I go about it. You don't need to take the same supplements all the time. You can take, let's say, a base of the basics, let's say vitamin D, vitamin C, those are the basics, magnesium. And perhaps just according to what you're working on, on your body, you can take three months of a certain program and then stop it. And then, and, mm -hmm. and that's the same with herbs as well and herbal medicine. So yeah. one can do it on a sort of a rolling basis where you're taking yeah. according to what you need and yeah, yeah, working on. Okay. Great. And so you detect the needs of your patients through blood tests or how do you establish I, what they need? I, I don't recommend many tests, really. I do recommend a test for the adrenal glands. That's the one I do. And vitamin state, it's difficult to actually the tests. Uh, I, I don't think they're very accurate. I go more by symptoms, person's symptoms mm. to figure out what they need in terms of vitamins. Okay. But, and it's yeah. as accurate as doing a blood test or just figuring it's it out? It's good because you can tell by how the person feels better three weeks, yeah. a month and a half, two months later, three months later that what that has done to their health. It's always in the results of what, okay. you know, rather than oh. relying on tests, uh, I... That's just the way I work. <laughs> okay, no, great. I'm yeah. just very curious. So if food is medicine, what do you think about alternative foods like soy steaks, plant-based proteins, non-dairy milks, lab meats? Oh, boy. <laughs> all of those. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what are your well, thoughts on these trends and yeah. all of the options that we have? Yeah, there. let's say there in those four you mentioned, maybe we could have two groups like there's the the soy steaks and the lab meats and then there's the plant milks and the protein bars i would say protein bars and the plant milks why not if yeah. they're pure 
because a lot yeah, of the plant yeah. milks have sunflower oil stabilizers, terrible yes. things. But few that are quite expensive, actually, but few are pure. They just have the essential ingredients. Yes, and almond milk was used by the Arabic countries a long time ago. So that's not a new, mm -hmm. new. it's just some of the others that are new. And, the, and if the protein bars have a good protein carb ratio and have ingredients that are good for you, then why not? The soy steaks and the lab meats, why just eat? real food let's eat a real yes, steak yes absolutely. <laughs> that's what i that's what i would say yeah uh, uh, what if you find a soy steak say that has ingredients that are completely traceable or that you can identify in the ingredients list for example just soy and some seasoning oil i don't know what what yeah. is this something that you would accept in the yeah. as an option yeah yes i would and i think the best way probably to consume soy is the traditional way yep. they made it in, in China Soybeans. already, the tofu and the tempeh and that sort of thing. They need a preparation to be digestible and easy on the digestive system. Wheat as well. Sourdough bread is much better for the digestive system than just wheat, just like that, without any pre preparation, which is very mm. traditional. The traditional mm. peoples would prepare their rice and their the grains and their legumes as well yes. by just by soaking them sometimes simply in a more traditional way to make sure that it's digestible. Absolutely. So I have a question about the foods to avoid on the blood type diet, but also our intolerances based on my personal experience. When I was 15, I did my first food intolerance test. I had a bad rash on my forehead that would never go away despite all the creams and all the tests we'd done. Um, and when I cut out wheat and dairy that were in the intolerances, it went away in a couple of days. It was ridiculous, very surprising. Now, on that test, there were ingredients listed that I never really had. So, for example, mango, and I've always known, even as a child, that I would not digest mango well at all, so I never had it, or even oysters. But at age 15, I never had oysters, and I had my first one's age. 21 or 22. When I got to the blood type diet age 30 and discovered it, I've realized that a lot of ingredients like wheat, dairy, some dairy, mangoes and oysters were on the avoid list. And so I'd like to ask you if there is a correlation between the food intolerances and the foods to limit on the blood type diet. I know you mentioned earlier that your son, through his intolerances, was able to clear a lot of his digestive issues. So could you clarify for us, please? Yes, food, food intolerances can come from the fact that in the foods to avoid, there are foods that contain proteins that are called lectin. There can be a correlation. Sometimes I've seen that in clients who've done intolerance tests. It corresponds with their blood type sometimes, some of them. Sometimes it's a majority. But what I can say is that there are certain proteins in foods that are called lectin. Lectins are proteins that can attach to our cells and specifically digestive cells, and they can disrupt the digestive function because the food intolerances are an immune reaction. These lectins can affect the membrane of the gut and mm. you, you can get what you call leaky gut, yes. meaning substances can go through that shouldn't go through to the blood, blood circulation. 
and that can bring on a reaction and that can bring on a food intolerance. Right. So for me, I think that's probably the relation between the foods to avoid and the food intolerances in that it can weaken the digestive system and bring on these intolerances that people can measure. So it's important to, to take away those foods that have these lectins in them and to heal the gut at the same mm-hmm. time. And then intolerances just disappear. Yeah. It's like a clogged system, a clogged sink, yeah. basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On the blood type diet, I've noticed that when you eliminate actually the foods to avoid and detoxify your body, you get very hungry because your body is functioning so well. I found myself needing to snack a lot at the beginning while I was adapting and in transition. I'm curious about cravings actually. And if you could tell us what happens in our system, sometimes our bodies have cravings for things that are not necessarily good for us. I mentioned the blood type diet because if you're eliminating the avoids, and you crave and avoid that. I'm just wondering, it can make us feel like we're stagnating or being set back in our progress. So can you tell us why they come about? Cravings can come from different things. It can be craving for sweet, it's an mm-hmm. easy craving. There's another craving and that's a craving for carbs. That's sometimes it can be a craving for wheat specifically. And with wheat, it has it can have to do with some of the components of wheat that actually bring on these is this sort of addictive craving. Mm. I think what people just need to do is just be patient and just let the blood type Diet do its work and rebalancing the body, rebalancing the digestive system, eating enough, getting enough. A craving can also be simply coming from the fact that you're just hungry Mm. and you just need perhaps to eat more. Some people may need to eat more. It's difficult to say what it comes from. Let's talk about feeling great. (laughs) Healthy is a word that's been worn out in recent years that I use only when medically needed. I must ask, how do you define being healthy today? Ah, how do you define being healthy today? Being healthy, I think when it spills over into being like an optimistic, happy, pleasant person to be with, I think that's health because it's not only the body, but it's also the way we function and the mind and the emotions. And it's also healthy. You can be healthy on the brink of being healthy, or you can be really healthy. You can have a a well of health. And when something comes your way, it doesn't affect you because you're so healthy that your body can take care of it. So that's, I think that's a good level of health. If a stressful event comes your way, you won't fall apart or you won't become exhausted immediately. Your body has that extra strength that it can take it through life and through life's happening, let's say. It's like having a savings account of health. That's what I would call really being healthy today. You offer three programs, Initiation, Impulsion, and Renaissance. Can you tell us more about them, what they offer, what we can achieve through them? Yes. Initiation is a group program that takes people through the four sort of elements of health, their right diet a good digestive system, a good detoxification system, and strong adrenal glands. The adrenal glands affect all of the other hormonal systems of the body as well. So that's a program that I do several times a year. And then Impulsion is the program that gives them their Swami genotype, their personal nutrition manual. They have two consultations with me, and we go through the 
the software together and then three weeks later we go through whatever question they may have and so they get their actual personalized diet. And then Renaissance is an eight-month program where we do we do the impulsion program. So they get the Swami genotype and we work on all their health issues. It's also based on the digestive system because those to me are the four aspects of health that are so important. Get your food right, have a strong digestive system, an excellent detoxification system, mm-hmm. strong hormonal system as well. So that's what we work on in that program, but on a personal basis during a period of eight months. So how long have you practiced the genomic diet yourself? How do you feel today? For myself, what mm-hmm. I've been doing it, I believe it was since 2007 or 2008 when it mm-hmm. first came out. And it changed. It, it's always been the three different stages from blood type to knowing the secretor status. And then the Swami is like three stages of deeper health, I would say for me, because it gets more and more precise, the food aspect. And I feel that has really deepened my health. It's given me a stronger health. The genotype diet is quite amazing because it is so precise. There are different ways of putting it into practice as well. To a client who's just starting out and who has health problems, I would say, put your Swami uh, genotype into place 100% in mm-hmm. your life as much as close to 100% as you can. As possible, of course. And then once you feel better, you can eat some of the avoids and do it 85-15%, let's say. But if they're really seeking to regain their health, if they put it into practice 100%, then they ha- really have an acceleration in how they feel and their energy levels and their digestive system. It- it's medicine. It's real medicine. It's really extraordinary. It's the work that has been done and that Dr. Diadamo has done is just amazing. And I agree. Uh, yeah, I know people who know about the blood type diet or feel like they need a boost approach and come to you, but who would benefit most from your program in general? I would say uh, the person who is committed to putting it into place, they have to have that quality about them and to really benefit from it because Sometimes I speak to people who know about the blood type diet, who have mm. the book and who've done it in the past and who say, mm-hmm. yes, I do it, but I don't have results. But if you do it 100%, you will get results. That's something yeah. I can almost guarantee to people. Yeah. If they do it, they think they're doing it, but they're not really doing it. Not mm-hmm. actually doing it. They just have it in the back of their mind and they do a few things. They pick out the foods that they want to eat and... <laughs> Exactly. But they do it, let's say 40%, 50%, but that's not what is going to give them the no, results. Absolutely. Yeah. In fact, we were discussing this the other day, but you, if you do it right in the space of one meal, you feel a difference. Oh, yes. One meal restores you completely already. It's incredible. Yeah, it yeah. is, yeah. So now it's a bit of an esoteric question. We're reaching the end of our interview. It's also based on experience, so I wanted to know what you thought. When you practice this, intense and wholesome detoxification through this personalized nutrition. Do you feel that this gained vital energy opens up and generates a spiritual ascension? Yes, I would say it's the basis for all aspects of life, the health, being healthy, being healthy, Yeah. yeah. The psychological aspect, the emotional aspect and the spiritual aspect, because it's much easier to to access those other spiritual side of life when you're in excellent health 
when you're in good health and you have that energy. Mm. Yeah, I would say it's the basis. It's not the whole answer, of but course. it's definitely the basis for mm, it's the a path. It's yeah. a path. Yeah. It's a foundation. Yeah. Absolutely. So looking towards the future, you are based in France. You hold a practice locally, but also online. Uh, you've got a great newsletter that I love reading. Thank you. <laughs> you've written three books. I would love to know how's your practice evolving, if you're working on anything new, and what's next for you? What's next for me right now is that I'm working on a detoxification program. I feel that is so important nowadays because uh, pollution is just uh, everywhere. And that was actually my very first book was on pollution. And it's in French. It's called Protect Your Body, Master Pollution. But no one was interested in it. In It was in the beginning of the 1990s at the time. And the editor said, yes, I think it, it came a bit too early, that book. Mm. But it was all about nutrition and how with nutrition and certain supplements and minerals and specific nutrients, one can clear the body of pollution. So I'm working on that aspect again in, in the form of a program, of a group program. It'll be hopefully finished next month. <laughs> and it was fascinating to me to relearn that actually to fight pollution or to get rid of pollution in the body, the toxins, you use nature. It's natural substances that are going to help us out with that. Absolutely. It's, it shows how strong nature is and how nature has a plan for everything already for mm -hmm. us to even help us out with the way we poison ourselves. Very exciting. I look forward to that program and discovering it. So our interview is coming to a close. I will end with the last quirky question we ask every guest. In food or in life, what do you or don't you digest? In terms of food, I have difficulty really with potatoes <laughs> and with, with wheat as well. I feel just the heaviness almost immediately when I eat those types of food. And then in life, I don't digest, I could say, inauthenticity mm -hmm. and untruth. I like for things to be people and things and thoughts to be authentic. Yeah, great. Thank you so much. Well, it's You're been welcome. a pleasure, Karen. I will have the references to your website, books, and other references we've mentioned in the interview in the comments below the podcast episode so our listeners can have a read if they're interested. And I look forward to meeting soon. Thank you very much, Leah. Yeah. You chew, you choose. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, give it a like and subscribe for more delicious content to digest.